Fit for Life Radio, episode number 103. Not just Will and I today, I being Gary. Today we have Dr. Tim Presley from Christopher Newport University. We're seeing you. Seeing you. Thanks for having me. So, Dr. Dr. Tim. Dr. P. First of all, we'll, uh, so Christopher Newport University is a university in Newport News, Virginia. And that's where, as you know, where our gym is, where I grew up. Will grew up in Bob Beach surfing. So he, he, I'm a beach dude. Yeah. I've never surfed before, but I'll let people think I have. But we're going to have Tim on today to talk about motivation, kind of all, all things motivation. Obviously, in the world of fitness, it's a key thing. You see it on lots of memes. That's how, that's how you know it's big, because it's very, very meme-worthy. But Tim, do you real quick want to go over your kind of background bio a little bit? Yeah, I have a PhD in educational psychology from uh, Florida State. Um, my, go Noles. Yeah, go Noles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for like research, I usually research teachers, but uh, and part of that is motivation of teachers, and so that's kind of where the motivational aspect has come into to play, and really focusing on self-efficacy. My dissertation. Uh, talked about controlled value theory with teachers and their uh, motivation to teach uh, with standardized testing. Um, but I've been at CNU for the, this is my seventh year, and I uh, am in the Department of Psychology, but I, then I also teach for our Master's in Teaching program as well. Mm. And you're, you're about my age, right? How old are you? 34. 34. He's more, I'm 36. He's more my age. Tim's living my dream. He is. At one point. I was obsessed with Florida State University, like their football team. And then I was like, that's where I want to go to college. So there I was, dreaming big. (laughs) We know know what happened with you in college, man. I never did it. I went to Longwood, got suspended, ended up at ODU. And there's Hey, which is fine, right? You know? Fulfilling my dream. And he's younger than you, man. I know. Tallahassee is a great college town. So you you did miss out on that. Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. I was all about like work done. You remember those days? Oh, yeah. work done, man. Mm, the good, the good days, and then eventually, that was right around. Man, remember the national championship with them and Virginia Tech? Yeah, with Michael Vick. Man, so that was a heavy hitter. That was some good stuff. And then you ended up, you went to Texas Christian University, yeah, TCU, TCU, for my undergrad and my uh, masters. Nice. What's, what's their mascot? Frogs, mm-hmm. the horned frogs. The ho- oh, not sorry, just, not just any, not frog. just a frog. I don't know, man. So, <laughs> all right, and that's cool. You know, like you said, your work's really with teachers, but being a fitness coach, trainer, is really it's almost identical to teaching. Yeah, it's you're just similar. handling adults that pay you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you're teaching us how to uh, do the exercises, how to mm-hmm. do nutrition. Yeah, so I manage. see a lot of. Uh, uh, connection between teaching yep. and uh, elementary kids and teaching adults how to be healthy. Yeah. And really what spurred uh, our motivation to do this podcast is I had a post about motivation and it's almost, yeah, it is like a meme worthy thing. And when we talk about it on the surface, a lot of times, you know, people see motivation as one thing, which is like joy and excitement. 
on this like euphoric level to do something like a grand drive to do something so people when they don't wake up just you know driven to go exercise and eat chicken breast then they're like man i'm not motivated i just i'm not gonna i can't do do this. this thing right and so yeah we'll talk about a lot of times how hey you you don't need motivation or don't search for motivation try to set up your habits and your actions to get you buying and get you doing these things. But the reality is, and what Tim brought up to me at the gym, uh, which I don't think we mentioned this. So Tim, we met, he's a client of ours at Coastal Strength and Fitness. How long, how long have you been there? Uh, this since. is probably like f- almost five years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, it's been a while. Almost six, actually six years yeah. in the spring. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> you know. Damn, he's been there almost as long as me. Mm-hmm. He's ready. He's waiting. He, 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 he he's going to take about that, your, your work hours. And yeah, my schedule. Yeah. And he's like, damn, I'm email. sliding into that. I got an email with an application. <laughs> I was like, this guy's a doctor. I got to hire him. I got to do it. Will's out. <laughs> um, so anyways, we, yeah, and Tim kind of started telling me um, how I was wrong. And <laughs> <laughs> which is most, fine. It's good to be and, uh, corrected which, by which somebody. Which he knows, knows that I would, I would appreciate. And, and um yeah, but also uh, trying to I, w- I was trying to sound smart and tell him, you know, my reasons for for th- you know throwing out you don't need mo- motivation is a myth. But ultimately, yes. Yeah, so in the sense of like this euphoric motivation of excitement every day, uh, that kind of heightened sense. Yeah, it pro- probably is is somewhat of a myth. But the reality is, motivation is something you can somewhat craft and does exist and you you do need and is going to help you accomplish things that you you want to do so tim where do you think is a good starting point to dive into with motivation so i'd say one thing to remember with motivation is it's not you're not going to be motivated just because you have like this powerful phrase or uh this motivational quote like yeah, that's going to might make you feel good, but mm-hmm. it's not actually going to impact your motivation at all. Like it makes you for, feel warm and fuzzy inside and um but it's not going to impact your motivation. Uh we also want to remember that motivation is just more than just like intrinsic and extrinsic, which is something that often people feel like, "Oh, I'm either intrinsically motivated to do this or I need to have something which would be extrinsic." Um, it's very much a spectrum, and most of the time we all fall with in the middle of that. Um, beyond those main aspects, it's important to remember that there's other factors that are going into our motivation, whether that's our environment or um, how much our previous experiences and our, our self-efficacy, which is our thoughts on our ability to have success, are all going to play a role in how motivated we are and how likely we are to actually hit our goal. Mm -hmm. And I think, especially for our person, listener, our uh, most common listener, so yeah, that background on your phone that says, today is your opportunity to build the tomorrow you want, that's that's not all you need? No. (laughs) (laughs) That is not going to... What about push yourself because no one else is going to do it for you? No, no. Okay. <laughs> so. Do you have any more? <laughs> I, I Googled it. I have a lot. We could just go through that today. Uh, we've all but, been through that phase, I feel um, like. So I think 
a good place to uh, start that you touched on, especially, you know, in health and fitness. And, you know, most people at some point have tried it and it didn't work. So you said environment and you said past experiences, right? Go over a little about how those are going to shape people's, and for the most part, we know most people struggle with motivation to exercise and eat better. Um, so you had mentioned a little earlier about that past experience. Let's, let's dive into that one a little and how, you know, that can shape things. So your past experience is going to influence your self-efficacy, uh, which is going to be self-efficacy is, uh, your thoughts on your ability to be successful and it's going to be domain based. So you're going to have a self-efficacy for every different aspect of your life. Uh, for um, my research, it focuses on teacher self-advocacy, like their thoughts on ability to be a good teacher. Uh, but you could think about it for a health and nutrition. Uh, do they have a high self-advocacy to uh, go through a workout or continue mm -hmm. with a nutritional plan? Um, and that's going to be influenced of how has it gone in the past? Yeah. Um, uh, are, do they have others that they can look at who they say, you could say learn vicariously through yeah. that they can relate to that. Oh, so-and-so they've had success. Maybe I mm -hmm. can have success too. That can influence your self-efficacy. So if they, and I've always, it's, you know, doing this for the last 16 years, I've always noticed super common observational, but people who played sports when they were younger do much better getting into exercise when they're older. And it's because I noticed if you've played sports, you've challenged yourself physically, you've gone to those places, um, you know, where you're out of breath or where you're, you're kind of pushing your limits and you're comfortable with that, right? People who haven't and haven't had that past experience, they tend to struggle with getting into fitness and have a lot of self-doubt and worry and fear. Another thing that you said too could be uh, maybe your, your parents, right? If you've seen people succeed, this was their lifestyle, then you know uh, this works. What's this possible? is something you can do. So yeah, if you had didn't have a uh, extremely athletic background, didn't have parents involved in this stuff, yeah, you're probably then starting from a place of um, kind of a hole to dig out of almost, right? Yeah, and when you have a high self-efficacy, you're more likely to take on more challenges and you're more likely to persist through those challenges because challenges are mm -hmm. going to be hard and you're going to find yourself going at an uphill battle kind of at times yeah. and the higher self-efficacy the more likely you are to persist through that whereas the lower self-efficacy you're more likely to give up um or kind of fall into like a, a helplessness mm -hmm. of it of well i can't do it i'll never get fit i'll never be able to lift this weight mm -hmm. um, and so that's where self-advocacy can really play a role in someone's mindset of working out and getting healthy um, other aspects that are going to play a role with this self-advocacy is the verbal persuasion they're hearing from others and i think as coaches you all play a major role in that aspect as well where you can step in and when you see someone struggling and say hey like, here are the little successes that you've had mm -hmm. that might boost the efficacy just a little bit that can keep the person going. Yeah. So would you say that's like the easy 
or logical way, if you have low self-efficacy, to build that up is by creating small wins? Yeah, so the main factors that are going to influence efficacy are the past experience, the verbal persuasion, so having someone, especially the one, someone that you look up to or you feel is very knowledgeable in that area, give you that positive feedback. Um, the verbal persuasion, or I said verbal persuasion, um, the vicarious learning, seeing others who you relate to, so is going to impact your efficacy. Mm -hmm. So um, if I see another just kind of average Joe out there mm -hmm. having success at uh, working out or lifting a weight, I can say to myself, oh, oh yeah. I, if they can do it, I can do it. Whereas if someone like, if I watched Matt Frazier, the five-time fittest man on earth do it, I'm yeah. like, I, yeah, I can I, never do that. Yeah, I can't do that because Which, I can't relate to him. He's He works out multiple times a day yep. and is just an absolute beast. That's not going to really impact my efficacy. Whereas if someone who I look at, okay, we're very similar mm -hmm. stature. and Yeah. Yeah. So just like if someone has, you know, 100 pounds to lose and they don't see any, you know, anyone that has that same starting point or struggle they're, they're less likely to get involved with um you know that gym or that yeah. program or, that, we, or whatever. we see that at the gym um you know when we have new people in like they'll look out like you know we do strategy sessions in our office and they can see what's going on in the gym and who's out there and there's so many times that people will be like oh that person looks like me like because you know people are worried that you know when they come to our gym that maybe it's a bunch of 20 year olds that are fit and lean and, you know, dropping weights, their shirts are off, things like that. But then they look out and they're like, Oh, like there's another 55 year old lady out there or multiple and they're doing it and it makes them feel a lot more comfortable and like, it's something they can actually achieve. And just knowing that a lot of times having thinking back on my experiences in gym, like first time you go to a gym, like you don't want to be that person who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. And you don't want to look like an, an idiot with the, the machines. Whereas that if you can see someone else who is trying to figure it out too, or you have a coach who can step in, that can really make a difference with someone's efficacy. And if they're willing to keep going mm -hmm. through the process of showing up and uh, working out. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, even as we dive in this a little, you see the re and I say this not to like, oh, brag on coastal strength and fitness, but I've been in the fitness industry. I worked at Globo gyms. I was a trainer. I've had 24 hour gyms, you know, personal trainer, now group training like this. You, you see why. And so most people would say you go to Planet Fitness, Globo gym. It just doesn't work for 90% of people. And you see the missing pieces like they have the equipment they have. I mean, you it can definitely succeed and work, but the most part, uh, or the biggest part missing for a lot of people is, which as we get into more of these, you'll see the pieces that help you build motivation normally involve your env environment, yet involve some support and positive uh, words of encouragement and support and things like that. And you see why uh, the old structure of gyms and fitness is not ideal for most people yeah and one theory i'll really specifically point out with the environment is self-determination theory uh, which talks about having three key elements 
And if these three key elements are uh, in the environment, the person is more likely to be intrinsically motivated or closer to intrinsic rather than closer to extrinsic. Um, one of those elements is the relationships, uh, the relatedness that they feel within that environment. If they feel valued uh, within that environment, if they feel like they are part of the community uh, of that environment, that's going to be a, a real helpful. Mm -hmm. The second part is competence. They, they need to feel like they uh, know what they're doing. They f need to feel like their voices are valued as well with the, their input on things. Um, and they want to know that they're doing things right. And the third part is autonomy of having some choice. And people don't want to be told what to do. Oftentimes mm -hmm. when we are told what to do, it, we do go more extrinsic because it's like, well, I got to do it because they told me I got to do it. Yeah. Um, and so being able to have some choice in or even their own say in what they do or how they go about to reach a, a, an end goal that uh, can all lead to more intrinsic motivation. That's interesting because one thing we've learned with the nutrition coaching, you know, which is even a little more personal and is, is tough and somewhat new and, and trying to um, carve, carve that out is, yeah, people really, yeah, they resist being told exactly what to do. Even though you know this is helpful and you're trying to get someone to a certain point, we found like, hey, um, you almost want them to come up with the answers. Yeah, you, well, you want them to them be involved the in the process. Yeah. And, and it makes people feel more you know, valued or like they can do more if they're actually involved in it. Well, I know for me personally, uh, a couple of years ago when my wife was pregnant and then we had our, our daughter, um, I gained a ton of weight, just stress and mm -hmm. just stopped kind of watching what I was eating. And um, I know I, I met with Diego and I, I told him, I was like, I'm not willing to give up the cream in my coffee. I'm not willing to give up beer. I want to be able to have sweets. And he's like, that's fine. He's like, but you got to cut down on that in order to still have it. And I was like, okay, I can do that. Or, and he's like, or you need to like shift your other meals. And he talked to me about possible options. He didn't tell me, oh, you need to mm -hmm. do this instead of that. He said, instead of eating eggs, you could try egg whites. Mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And... Yeah, because now you're cutting down the calories, you know, from avoiding the yolks, which then maybe frees up calories so you can have creamer in your coffee with your breakfast, right? You right. Know, and now you're happy. Through that process, and it was a, a long one, I ended up losing 20 pounds that I've been able to stay consistent with. Mm -hmm. And so, I think it was all because I had the choice mm -hmm. to make uh, with my nutrition. And basically that right there kind of is self-determination theory and that it's an environment uh, that provided the auto autonomy for you to make some choices in there. Um, yeah. That's then, kind of that motivation happening, right? Yeah. And then you all would, you would check in on how things were going and it wasn't, uh, Hey, I'm checking in cause I'm, I'm coming to shame you or like slap your wrist. Or make you feel bad. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Jillian, was, hey, he gets a, he gets a vi video call from Jillian Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> It was more of a, <laughs> hey, like, how are things going? All right, you've hit a plateau. Let's try this kind of thing. Um, and it was more encouraging, which also hits on that relationship part. Mm -hmm. And 
I mean, even also just coming to the gym and the building the relationships that mm-hmm. way as yeah. well. It's interesting because people, a lot of people when they originally reach out, especially a nutrition coach and which is from all over, they all, everyone always says, just tell me what to do, you know? And the reality is like, well, yeah, I could tell you what to do and give but you a, a meal plan. But it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Like I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. It's not going to get done or what, what I would do is different from what you would do. And people don't want to kind of like go through the process, you know? Um, but so, yeah, so that's the self-efficacy. Uh, one thing, too, on that before we move on. So a part of that was, you know, the past experiences. So one common one for a lot of people, specifically with fitness, is they have bad, they failed a bunch, right? So that's definitely going to, like, squash your motivation. Almost each time, almost each year, each cycle, it you grinds create you down. This, this pattern of... Um, crushing your motivation and because you're not succeeding right right and that's just gonna every time you have those failures your efficacy is just gonna get lower and lower and eventually you'll you'll fall into that helplessness aspect of um i'll never do yeah, this essentially i'll never get so a six pack yeah <laughs> say someone's listening and that's been their process and yet they do struggle with motivation and that's probably a big reason why what what in theory should they do like should they maybe like try another approach or is it is it powerful to be just being aware of that and knowing like i i can kind of change this and and uh, you know i feel this way because i have failed but that doesn't mean i'm going to fail again from just a self-efficacy standpoint i'd say you'd probably try and have just a small success mm-hmm and so instead of losing uh 30 pounds lose one pound yeah um get if it is helpful and i would say it would probably be helpful is have someone who can be accountable help you be accountable but not look at them as look at them more as like a cheerleader than a drill sergeant a drill sergeant yes that's a great way to say it like they're there to provide support and to celebrate those small victories so that you can say, okay, I lost one pound. Okay. I can, I can probably do another one. Yeah. And then before you know it, you've hit five pounds and the next time as you lose those pounds, you're like, all right, well next month I'm going to lose another two pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you got, need to be realistic about your, what goals you're setting as well. And I mean, goal theory is a whole nother a podcast that you could talk about. Um, I think other aspects going into some other motivational theories that you could uh, focus on is um, the, how much you value the outcome as well is going to play a role. Um, and your efficacy will influence that as well of what, what, why, why is the reason that you're trying to mm-hmm. reach this goal? Um, that, that was what I had from my notes of, you know, going over everything is the biggest thing was um, I have in bold with an exclamation point, you need to value the outcome and then find your why, have a deep reason. Yeah. And I would say there are two motivational theories that I really kind of like and have worked with previously is control value theory and expectancy value theory, uh, which the key word there is value in both of them. Um, and with, uh, with those, it's going to 
determine uh, what exactly that you, why you want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially for expectancy value theory, I'll talk about that one first before we go into control value. Um, Expectancy value uh, goes back to self-efficacy. Like uh, the expectancy part is, do you expect to have success? Um, The value um, from that is going to be influenced by several things. Uh, One of them being how intrinsically motivated you are, Uh, but other aspects that are going to play a role in how much you value something is, uh, is this goal helping you reach a larger goal? So Mm -hmm. the utility of it. Um, So I often tell when I'm teaching educational psychology to my students, I say, you might not be taking this class because you love educational psychology, but passing this class is helping you get your psychology major or graduate from college, Mm -hmm. which is your ultimately your larger goal. Um, So that can play a role. Um, You know, when you say that, I think back to like, you know, when, you know, when I was a student and Oh man, I just, now it's so, now I'll run, you know, yeah, when I'm learning nutrition stuff, you see how important biology was. Right. And I'm like, man, now I would love to really like actually go through a college class on biology and that reason, and I could have cared less before because I had no motivation, but the reality is now the way I feel that way, because I have a high expectancy value ultimately right like um, man i would be able to understand the nutrition on another level by understanding the biology yeah so so, like yeah that's how efficacy also is going to play a role but then um looking at valuing what is the how is this going to help me in the long Mm -hmm. run um the other aspect that is going to influence the uh value is how much the cost of it um if someone thing you look at it, it's going to be like, oh, that's going to be too much work and I just don't have the time. We're not going to value it as much. Um, whereas something where it's like, all right, the cost isn't going to spend up all my time mm-hmm. and it's something I can definitely, your value is going to be higher. So, so that would be like the difference between if to accomplish a, we'll talk about in the gym, a physique goal, you would have to train, say, we'll say seven days per week. And you're like, you know what? I don't have seven days per week to train to reach that goal. Mm-hmm. And so like, I probably won't be able to do that. But then, you know, the converse is like, we tell somebody you could, you know, be reasonably fit and healthy by doing it three days per week. And they're like, okay, well I can give up three days a week to do that. And that would be fine. Like that's a pretty good parallel to that. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, okay. um, setting it as kind of a, like a realistic of like, all right, three days a week can show up for not even an hour. Yeah. Um, that's more realistic for people. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, again, if someone showed up to a gym first time or had, has previously failed and was like, you have to be here six days a week for an, <clears throat> for an hour, they're going to be like, yeah, no, I can't do that. And all of a sudden their value is going to, of yeah. actually getting in shape is going to decrease. Yeah. That's what we tell people once we get them to state their goals. And most people, yeah, it's body, improve their body composition. So maybe, you know, lose, 10 pounds of fat, gain some strength and muscle. And just feel better. Yeah, improve their their blood work. And you can do all those things training two to three hours a week, right? Like, that's all you need. More is not is going to be diminishing returns. Um, now, if they want to win the CrossFit Games, well, we're going to have to have a different conversation, right? Yeah. Um, so one, let me ask you this. This popped in my head. I'm just curious. So what do you think? Like, 
what motivates someone like Tom Brady? Right? Like, it, he seems to be motivated by the process at this point, but he has to have a deeper, like, he's accomplished everything in his profession, but he still, you know, does everything at such a high level. Um, like, what do you think is driving him? Well, I think that would depend on which uh, motivational theory um, we're talking about. I think going off of the, the value aspect, like he highly values winning. Mm-hmm. Like that is something like that is on top of his yeah. uh, motivation. Mm-hmm. So I think for like either uh, control value or expectancy value, yeah. um, which we just talked about, um, he he has that high value there. He also <clears throat> he also has had a lot of success, yeah. so his efficacy is high. Um, and, and then, would you say as far as expectancy value, maybe he obviously values being the best ever and understands that that literally may take all his time and it's worth it. Oh yeah, the he probably looks at uh, the hours watching film, the the specific nutrition he eats. And the amount of sleep he requires of himself, that's all worth it to him mm-hmm. to that yeah. overall the, outcome, the outcome of winning Super Bowls. And in reality, you could say maybe his motivation that you could really break down through all these theories or why a little bit of why he succeeds the way he does compared to someone else who has the physical tools. But not the mental tools. And maybe it's not worth it for them to eat, sleep, you know, right. do all this stuff. And you see that, like, going to the NFL, like... All Jamarcus these, Russell. Yeah. yeah, some of these rookie so, quarterbacks that never had success, they just, maybe the value wasn't let, there for them. Let me ask you this, because I actually listened to a podcast with him, and he, like, explained why he does what he does. And I want to ask how this plays a role, because we talked about past experiences. Somebody like him, who has always been, like, overlooked, people were like, oh, you're never going to go to the NFL. Well, first off, like, you're never going to start high school. And then they're like, all right, well, you're going to this college. Like, you'll probably never play. And then they were like, you're never going to start in the NFL. How does that play into it? How, like, that's clearly a strong motivator for him. And, like, that's a past experience, but clearly drives him, you know, along with his, you know, efficacy because he wins and he knows that he's the best um, and clearly has that drive to win. Like, that's obviously got to play a pretty big part in that. Oh, yeah, I think... He values proving people wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that is definitely part of his drive. Oh, I can there. absolutely see that. To the point, do you think he maybe even cre- sometimes creates stories? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I think I saw a segment on this. I think so, because based off some of the interviews. Or yeah, where he'll had, almost blow things up bigger than they are to almost create a chip that he can then. I mean, that would be motivated off of. I don't think it's crazy to think that. Yeah. Yeah, I know for whatever me, it takes. Like, I not at Tom Brady's level, but like, if I get a, re, a rejection from for a journal article, mm-hmm. I had this chip of like, well, I'm gonna show these this journal because I'm gonna get this published somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's trash. Like you don't want to publish right. it. That's fine, but I'm going to take it to another journal and I'm gonna get it published eventually. I just pictured a whole scene in my head, like Tim going through that and this music playing in the background, like Rocky music, like, bum, bum, you know, and I was like, I was enthralled. I was pulling up Netflix to see if I could contact them and be like, I got a story for you guys. Oh, man. I mean, I also do it during uh, our coastal ladders. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I will, 
I someone. Yeah, where, someone where does your me, intrinsic motivation come from for your all-out effort? <laughs> so, so Tim, just background on Tim when we do some like harder conditioning, like timed workouts. Like Tim, if he's by himself, like he's gonna do well and he's gonna perform. That's fine. But if there's another person challenging him, he's gonna die to beat that person. Like that's just what he has and like what he's always done. And I've seen him come close to the brink of of death to to win you know and and i think you know that does i'm sure that carries over to other aspects of life not that you're gonna you know try to die to publish an article but the effort required for that probably is largely the same oh yeah i like i will watch how far people are behind me on ladders yeah. or how much i'm gaining on someone and be calculating all right how do I have enough time to pass them or do I have enough time to hold them off? Mm-hmm. And how fast do I need yeah, to can, go? Yeah, can I win? Is there even a possibility that, of me winning? And for you, like, it might be worth the work and you're like, I'm going to do this. Now we know how to take them to the next level, though. We, yeah. need, to start, we need to Google some, some different, like, uh, journals, you know? <laughs> and so when he's deep in, we'll be like, this is why, this is why you're not in uh, Business Weekly yet. <laughs> this, is, this is why you're not in Sports Illustrated. <laughs> Oh God! And he'll just kick it I'm into another gear. We got to treat him like Tom Brady. Hey, every time he runes by, just throw a journal at him. <laughs> hey, like, yeah. hey, they didn't want you. They didn't want you. Two years from now, though, he's in all the all the all the big journals, oh, publishing man. studies. Mm, hey, he's he's turning us down <laughs> for for the for the podcast. He's like, nah, yeah, nah I can't do it. I'm gonna man. be on I, for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah I'll come on and then we get like a, a memo with a bell yeah email. an invoice mm. <laughs> so alright so between control value theory expectancy value theory so the value part is 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 big to you important oh yeah and yeah. I think that's a driving force with anyone's motivation is how much do you value the end goal um, I guess we can go into control value theory yeah um, which really focuses on Instead of the, your expectation, it's how much control do you feel you have with either a future outcome or a past outcome mm. or a current activity. This is my jam. This is Gary. Gary is literally control value theory. <laughs> um, and so if for your control, it's either for the most part for the future or past events. You either had positive control or a negative control. So either high control or, or no control. And, um, or I should say value aspect, you had positive value or negative value. And then for the control, you had high, medium, or low uh, control. And those are then associated with a emotion. So for, if I was looking at a forward um, outcome that I felt I had a positive value or a high value for, but, and had a high control, the theory says I will have anticipatory, anticipatory joy. Whereas if I had positive value but low control, I'm going to feel hopelessness uh, with it. So you can see how that control aspect really impacts how we feel about a how likely an outcome is. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel with Rogaine. <laughs> Hopelessness. Yeah. Oh, that's just twenty three dollars. That's it, man. Down the drain. Down the drain. Value but no control. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm like, if I could control, and we can probably get a therapist on here. Oh yeah. 
but yeah now that i think about it yeah like i'm always like man if i could control that like i would but so i can yeah, you would put in the work right so i control everything i can right so i'm like oh, let me make sure you know groom groom the beard right and yeah. do these other things and everything else i can control but it's like you can't make hair grow you know i mean not yet well I guess. i'll see all these movie stars i'm like they're doing something. They got control. But that control probably costs... It costs a lot of yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. So your cost is way too high for you to, mm. for you to do it. I, I'm motivated now to open four more gyms so I can control. Control it. Control That's what it's all about. It's not even about the money. Control. It's just about the control. Con- no, to con- be able to control my hair. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I need the movie, movie stars. This is how much it costs. Nah, nah. You get really good at acting. Land a big movie gig <laughs> just all- for the hair. <laughs> oh, man. That's what it's all about. <laughs> it's funny, but you you actually yeah, it's it's crazy because you see all these theories, how they do play out. Uh, you just don't realize it for most people. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, because you don't hear about control value talked about on your motivational post. Yeah. No. We just here, here's what we get. <laughs> let's, Come let's, on, bring it up. Let's pull two more. Up. Bring it up. We need to hear it. We get uh. So instead of <laughs> control value theory, the best way to predict the future. Is to create it. <laughs> what does that even mean? Success is the sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. I mean, that's that, true that though. Kind of ties. <laughs> that, that, that's all right. Through. That's okay. You mm. need to, like. I need like a beast mode one. Success motivational quotes. Did I say this one already? Obstacles are what you see when you take your eye off the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Who thinks of shit like this? Oh. Oh, God. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> this might be top five. Work hard in silence. Let success make the noise. Oh, my God. That's along the lines uh, of, like, the, hey, the people who talk about, like, so lions you, and wolves and sheep. And <laughs> good you know what the best God. thing is, though, that's going on right now? Did you see the Dwayne The Rock Johnson rap song? Yeah. I, I missed that one. You didn't it's, see it? Uh, uh. It's exactly what you would yeah. hope and expect it to be. It's very corny. But then, like, all these young kids, basically, you know, they know every, like, 40-year-old, 50-year-old guy, like, that's their hero. Mm-hmm. So they start making all these um, TikToks and videos, kind of like, so there's one where, like, when your dad hears, you know, the rock song comes on, and, <laughs> and like, they, you know, they had in the shot was a guy, like, bench pressing, and obviously two people on the outside were holding the weight so that he could do, like, 90 million reps, you yeah. know, like, 315. And, you know, in the songs playing in the background. <laughs> right. Um, so everyone's just, like, spoofing, like, uh, you know, how it just fires all, the, all those guys up. That's smart, though. But The Rock, yeah. man. He's just trying to – he's just – because he can. And he's like, he's like Tom Brady. He's just like, I win, and I'm the best, so I'm going to yeah. keep doing this. You might as well rap. Mm. So back on track. There's no, there's no such thing. When people – so we'll take it back to, you know, how people feel, what they relate to, and that, yeah, man, I'm never, I'm going to start, okay, yeah, here's a good one. I'm going to start when I'm motivated. That's never going to happen. Like, your motivation isn't going to just pop it up mm-hmm. one day. Like, there might be a factor in life that might kind of push you mm-hmm. to get health, like, say, get healthy, like, maybe... You have a good friend who has a health scare, or you personally have a health scare. Like that might push mm. you to like actually take so, action. But yeah. to so, actually to hit your end goal, you're gonna have to have 
all these other factors that we've talked about. Not just that mm-hmm. one single incident. It's yeah. got to be a little bit more. So it's interesting. So this is going to be super observational, super generic, but still these are the most common things I see being in this industry the last 16 years. I always noticed women will sign up. They're more motivated to sign up for gyms and training. And between the ages of, you know, 20 all the way up. I feel like part of that's because especially from a society standpoint, women's image has always been more it's important, you know? So then there's the, you know, how, how you look and feel with and exercising can help fix that. And then with guys, I always noticed like 80% of the guys, they always start sign up for training or something like that. When something like either they have a heart attack or their dad has a heart attack yep. or they have a grandchild. Right. Yeah. So most guys will start when yeah. they're like 50, when something major like that has happened. Right. And if you see, so those are probably very, those motivations are very highly dependent on almost like environmental reasons, right? Like, right. Um, more like societal. Yeah. Things. Societal or, you know, just, yeah, it's, it's interesting. But it's not going to, it's most likely not going to be an extended motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so, why you, so you got to hit do it on for, these other aspects yeah. of, and for, you could think about it from that value standpoint of, all right, I had a grandkid or I had a health scare or my friend had a health scare. All right, all of a sudden they value health more. They want to see that grandchild <laughs> grow up and graduate high school. So th- it kind of ties into that mm-hmm. aspect. But then you're going to have to take in, whether it's control or expectancy, you're going to have to take in that other side of the factor because just having the value there mm-hmm. isn't enough to keep them going to the, yeah. the, the end goal. And especially when you're talking about something where a lot of the outcome is a delayed gratification, right? Like a lot of the benefits come way down the road, which then I guess comes into the expectancy value theory, right? Where you you might not value the outcome because you don't even really know what it is because you haven't experienced it yet. Yeah. And yeah, it's definitely going to be a delayed one. And I think that's hard for people. Um, we're in a, a society where we want mm-hmm. instant gratification. Yeah. Well, even think about you, for example, right? Like you said, you know, when you went through, um, you know, having your first kid and all those life changes and different responsibilities and you gained weight, right? And then you knew um, you wanted to lose that weight because probably, well, yeah, I need to be healthy and keep things in check. And this is a, this helps that happen. But then to keep doing that over the next 30 years, you need a lot of motivation because nothing drastic's going to happen it's really sustaining what you've been able to do um so creating the value through well i'm i'm going to support a family and and be here for them and their kids and i'm sure that's all reasons right oh yeah definitely and i mean you're going to have ups and downs in life Mm -hmm. like there have been even since losing that weight there have been times where i've gone up a few pounds because like halloween season right now like Mm -hmm. Eating my daughter's candy. She's two. She's not going to eat it. Side note. What's, what's, the fir- what's the first one you grab? What do you reach for? Twix. Oh, okay. Him Diego? And, yeah, him and Diego. He's you and Diego? Diego. Mm. I yeah. mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, I go for I'm a not, Twix. I'm not faulting you on Twix. It's that and then uh, gummy bears. Hey, what if he says... Gummy bears. Hey, what if he says circus peanuts? <laughs> Stop. No. <laughs> uh, we missed that one. I know. And we missed it. Whitney... 
I told her about it, and she was like, how did you guys not list circus peanuts as the worst candy? And I, we didn't even think at all. Mm. What'd you list as the worst? What did we say? Um, Almond Joy were up there. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, Almond milk Joy. Duds. I love Milk Duds. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Anything with caramel I don't in. like uh, licorice. Nah, li- yeah, licorice is gross. Mm. I like Twizzlers. Twi- Twizzlers? Yeah. Well, okay. Like regular Twizzlers. Like a red Twizzler red... is not licorice, though, right? A black... The black... Thing is licorice. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so oh man! All right, to get back on track, yeah. Halloween so, candy. Like, <laughs> like you're saying, Tim. It's and that's the other thing. It's it's always right. And so having feeling like you have more control over the situation, and feeling like you have you expect to have success because of that past success. Mm-hmm. That's it makes it a lot easier to get back on track. Yeah. So, at, like I've already told myself, like oh, after this week, I'm, yeah. I'm done with the candy. Mm-hmm. I'm getting back on track. Um, but then we're gonna hit yeah. Thanksgiving and Christmas, obviously. Um, but it's just easier to get back on track mm-hmm. when you have those other aspects. And maybe even for you, which I think you have realized, is gaining eight pounds doesn't have to be technically off track either right like you almost can create oh yeah i can control this there can be ebbs and flows and i know i can bring it back down you know during this season of life i'm indulging still maybe maybe before where someone's like uh track is so narrow because they're like i'm either extreme 100 percent paleo training seven days a week or i'm off right but you can through your experience maybe and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, it's almost like maybe your track has widened and, yeah, gaining seven, eight pounds or whatever isn't necessarily off track. It's kind of you're still in your mind like, no, I'm good. You're still in your, your range that you're okay with. Yeah, I got about five, six-pound range where I'm like, as long as I'm there, I'm good. I'm happy. I, I don't need to look like a bodybuilder by any means. I'm, like I said, I'm 34. Yeah. <laughs> Not trying to win yeah. the CrossFit Games or anything like that, so... Uh, yeah, I got like a nice range and I'm happy with that. And I also know that if I get out of that range, I can, I know what to do Yeah. to, for me mm-hmm. to get back on. And track. you have the confidence cause you've done it before. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know it's going to take some sacrifices mm-hmm. and, uh, I would want to value that and I value having, being healthy and, yeah. um, and you even know, too, you have like, oh, I can reach out to a coach and then they can hold me extra accountable. And, you know. Right. And that was the biggest thing when I that decided environmental that factor. I was like, I need to get this under control. Like, I finally stepped on a scale and I was like, wow. Mm. And that's why I reached out, uh, I think it was Diego and said, like, can I have a strategy session? Even though I'd been a member for like three, four years mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. that point, like I knew everything you guys were saying like I've, I've been hearing it i just hadn't done anything with it yeah and but by doing that like it just gave that extra round of support to like really keep me motivated keep me going to celebrate the small things to make the changes when i needed them like i think oftentimes with like weight loss like you hit that stagnant period and because like i could talk about mine like it was every couple months you'd be, just be like you stop losing weight. You mm-hmm. just stay the same for weeks. And you're just like, well, what the heck? Like, <laughs> yeah, what is this? And having someone to go to with the knowledge of like, all right, here's another, pos- here are possible options you could do. And then you take it for 
that information and you say, okay, I'm going to go down this path. Again, it wasn't forced on me. It was, uh, here you can do A, B, C. And you had control over what you were deciding to do. Yeah. And I was, once, once I saw, decided that I saw the progress happen again. And then a couple months later hit stagnant, did it again. Yeah. Mm. And what, which one of these you think environment is like a big role, or I guess it's kind of all of them, but, um, obviously if someone's around an environment that supports whatever they're trying to do, it's going to, they're going to be more motivated. Right. Um, Oh yeah. And I think it just, it makes it easier, um, having that support system and having the environment that values what you're doing mm -hmm. and, um, isn't going to throw in unintentional roadblocks, um, up at the, is going to definitely play a role. Um, having those, knowing that the person that like say a coach actually does care mm -hmm. um really plays a role like you go into some of these larger box gyms and yeah the you talk with the 20 year old working yeah that just is motivated by commission yeah yep. right and like so once you once you know the they don't care yeah once you're signed up the Whatever. relationship's over right yeah um so uh, one thing i want to touch on is because we've talked about it, but didn't really go in detail, is intrinsically motivated, extrinsically motivated, right? So just kind of explain to someone who may not know really what those mean um, and how to, I think a lot of people that do know what they mean think if they're not intrinsically motivated with something, they that's just how it is. But the reality is it's a spectrum and it can change. Yeah, so extrinsically motivated, you're only motivated for something. So like... I always talk to my students when I'm teaching this theory, like if you were paid to get good grades, you are motivated by money. That's extra, fully extrinsic. That sounds good. Motivated. Yeah. Yeah, man. Fantastic. Like back in school, if someone was paying me 20 bucks for an A. All A's, yeah. baby. Yeah. Would... So is that, say you're a parent, right? And that's, is that a bad, what are you setting your, your child up for? Say you do that, like, hey, for every A. Yeah, is that a bad on... thing to rely on, especially yeah. as a kid? Yes, because it's not sustainable. Yeah. Um, also, extrinsic motivators decrease incre uh, intrinsic motivation. Okay. That's so one they see with food too, right? When when it's a young child and you start you get to try to get them to do anything you want by giving them food, you're you're setting them creating up. Yeah. this right. process. So like I always talk about to like my uh, students who want to be teachers, like if you try and do classroom management with extrinsic motivation, it's not going to work. Um, just it's not sustainable. You would have to change up the extra mm -hmm. extrinsic motivator every couple of weeks. Like if you like try yeah. to bribe your class with candy, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so like eventually they're going to be like, well, I can get candy at home. Yeah. And they're going to, that behavior that you're driving them with is going to stop and they're going to do whatever they want. And you're going to have to go spend more money on something else like a, Mm -hmm. A toy box. And yeah. you start bringing in cars. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like 1992 <laughs> Ford Bronco. Just pull a Oprah. Everybody gets a car. Yeah. So, um, whereas on the other side of the spectrum, it, intrinsically, where you're motivated just to do the activity, you're doing it to learn. You're you're doing it because you get joy out of doing it. Um, I always talk to my students like it's very hard to be fully intrinsically motivated. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I've, the only time I've been is when I was in 
getting mm-hmm. my PhD because as long as you're passing the classes yeah, and you're good, you're good. Like if you ask me what my GPA in grad school was, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I never looked. I, I would check to make sure I passed my classes the night before the next semester <laughs> and sign up for my classes. Like that's just how grad school works. Like yeah. PhDs are programs are much different than undergrad. Um, but I was in there to learn the material and because I knew it was going to help mm-hmm. me in do the you, long run. Do you think, I'm going to interrupt you. Do so you was, think, that ex, was that X? That was intrinsic. Intrinsic, because okay. there's no, no, nothing dangling like, at the other no, end. No grade was motivating yeah. me, no so, money or anything like that. So to get into college. But, but knowing you needed the information down the road, couldn't that be extrinsic? It was more of, it was. But no, you're there in it, that class to learn. To learn, yeah. To learn. Yeah, no and, one, yeah. Like I w- wanted to learn the material mm-hmm. yeah. so that. I knew it. And, yeah. um, do you, do you think it's hard? Um, I guess harmful is the wrong word, but for like up through high school, like, you know, especially in high school, like your GPA matters. Do you feel like it's a, I guess not a, the best thing that people are so focused on that and less on learning material? Like, is that harmful it, to people? It definitely hinders the intrinsic motivation. Yeah. yeah. And even in college. And I talked to my students, you're not fully extrinsic with if you're all right. Like I, I want to do well for uh, for grades. Um, you kind of fall in that middle. Yeah, a, there are a couple different aspects that fall between intrinsic and extrinsic. Um, but you're not fully intrinsic. You're you're motivated to do well, to get a good GPA, to get mm-hmm. to med school or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so in high school, yeah, you're you're motivated to do well. Um, to get into a good college, and so you're not fu- you're not extrinsic, but you're not intrinsic. Yeah, either. and I I say that because I was the type of person that like I test very well. I could retain knowledge pretty well, like you know, in a short period of time. I feel like I, I did pretty well with that, like just long enough to take a test and get a good grade, and didn't learn so that your parents a be damn thing you. after that, and didn't really retain a whole lot. And I feel like that actually hindered me a lot, you know, down the road of, you know, like when I got to college and things like that, of just not retaining all this stuff I should have known um, because like all I cared about was getting a good grade and that was it and not actually learning the material. And I'm not expecting a high school student to be like, I want to learn about everything, but it was just kind of a, I don't know, a mismatch for me that I think definitely hindered me a lot. Well, that's kind of the thing in the school system now, right? With especially the younger grades and the SOL testing is then now it's like the teachers are just, I need to get my students to pass these tests. And then the kids are like, I just have to pass this test. And then everyone's stressed about that and they're not actually learning. Actual material. Yeah. And it's, it's creating a bunch of issues, right? Like they're not learning and the teachers are stressed and, so what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> Even why are we doing this? Whereas, like you were saying, you didn't really like to learn, but now I know you you love listening to podcasts to learn stuff. Yeah, so you that's you're more intrinsically motivated yeah. now. And I I probably learn I've learned more in you know the past seven years than I had in my entire life leading up to then, and just because I was interested in it, and not because I was told I had to do it. Right. So like podcasts is a one way that it does kind of push people to be more intrinsically motivated. If you kind of think about it yeah. in that sense of you're, you're doing, you're listening to them because you're not taking a test or mm-hmm. yeah, you're just choosing to learn you yeah. on that. You're, you just want to learn something. That is, that's very true. Yeah. 
It's almost, it's tough too, because it's like the fine line of information and entertainment, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. um, deciphering between that. But one, one thing that ran through my head that's funny is this is how well my wife knows me. She won't give me credit for like cooking majority of the meals, you know, throughout the year because she knows that I'm, I guess I'd be intrinsically motivated uh, to, I would do those things anyways because I want to be in control, mm-hmm. right? So like whenever I try to throw it back, like, ah, oh, you know, I, I straighten up, keep, you know, and I cook, cook dinner every night, you know, trying to get credit. But she's, she's like, like okay. nah, that doesn't count. Whatever. You, you're just a weirdo and want to be in control and like to have things. Yeah, straight. that's the only reason you yeah. do it. Yeah. And uh, visually, visually clutter free. So I don't get credit for it. But she ultimately just knows my, my uh, motivation. Yeah, you're intrinsically motivated. To My control value have. theory. <laughs> that, I told you, that's who you are, man. Yep. I mean, you could really dial down into, I mean, some of the brain science, I guess, of why, you know, people with ADHD and, and all these other things. Because um, maybe our brain will latch on to some of these theories kind of subconsciously. Yeah, and these are just three, I guess, obviously is a, a theory as well. Uh, four motivational theories there's mm-hmm. tons of other theories hey, he, out he, there he knew we kind of handled the others he's like i'm just hitting <laughs> he with just them. gave well, us there, there's a some couple. that are very straightforward like yeah. like drive theory is like i want that so i'm gonna do what i need to do to okay that. hey, like so that's, that's like, easy that's one of the like first motivational theories out there like i want to eat so i'm gonna cook this food mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> boom baby <laughs> that's drive theory right there um but you imagine taking that i'm away. basically a phd yeah so we're hey, Tim say he's saving the good stuff for the journals. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I'll just, I'll just do this stuff for Fit for Life Radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I felt like these were probably the most important. Like nah, when I, I thought about my experiences, uh, especially at Coastal, like those are the ones that have played a role in my experience. Yeah, I they, mean, like you can have, like I said, a whole episode just on like goal theory and all the different types of goals out there. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Even separate from motivation. Yeah, goals are definitely a, a but whole it's not other separate deal. From motivation. Well, yeah, it's part of yeah, yeah, it is part of it, it but that's part of it. But almost would need yet yeah, its own separate thing because um, part just two. how they're viewed. Part and, two. Yeah, part two. Because yeah, a lot of people without a goal aren't gonna be able to have any motivation or create create their value or self-efficacy or anything like that it's interesting now like i'm not very i don't think i'm very goal i get i mean i don't know maybe we should get into this (laughs) (laughs) i don't need you know how like some people always have to have a goal yeah hmm are you like what does that like uh get you excited not really see i'm more i guess process versus Versus goal. I feel so like, but goal maybe that's self would probably be closer to an extrinsic. Yeah. Um, and it depends on the type of goal that there is. There's mm-hmm. like social goals, or um, like there's intrinsic and extrinsic goals specifically. Like, yeah. Um, so like, if somebody enjoys like like I think both of us, I've really over the past couple of years, like, kind of. I guess slid over more to enjoying the process of a lot of things and just the day to day and doing it. And you know, the, maybe the long term value of it, but 
like for working out, I don't need like a lofty goal of like, I'm going to bench press 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need that. Um, I guess part of that though, would come back to some of these theories, right? To where maybe you tried to do it and it took a lot of time and effort and, and it's you, not worth it. And, it. and then all of a sudden, well, what's going to happen when I bench press 400 pounds? Well, I'm not competing, so I'm not winning anything. Yeah. Um, it's no, also the cost of possible injury. Yeah. Yeah. No one else, no one that loves me is going to care. Right. And then all of a sudden now it's, it's not. Or maybe like it. my, my outcome is just to be fit mm-hmm. and able to, you know, to do everything that I want to do. And that's good enough for me. Yeah. So maybe that is my goal to be, and I'm there and I'm cool maintaining yeah. it. Whereas all of a sudden your goal could shift to being, well, I want to be able to bench press 185 pounds for the next 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. Which means you're functioning in that movement pattern. It means you're pain-free. And all of a sudden, that's more valuable than bench pressing 400 pounds. Yeah. So I guess that's part of the process for a lot of people, right? With find, yeah, finding, make sure that, you're, that um, like you said, really, you know, we came down to the takeaways we want everyone to have is, like, find the value in the outcome, right? Oh, and yeah. Like, so have, that, a, have a why. Thing. Oh, I want to bench press. Okay. 400 pounds once or 200 pounds for the rest of your life, right? And now answering those questions helps you find value, which then you get that good reason and, and it motivates you. And you'd also ask like, well, what's your experience with bench pressing? True. Yeah. Wait, like have, have you ever done it before? Yeah. <laughs> How much do you currently do? Like, <laughs> I want uh, a girlfriend. <laughs> Let me tell you, son, the more you bench press, the more interest in other guys you will get. <laughs> And less interest in girls. Absolutely. Someone sent me a meme of that the other day. Did it they? was like a cartoon meme. And it was, you know, a scrawny dude. And then it's like, you know, he worked out a bunch and he got buff. And like, it, then it had like the other guys coming up to him like, oh, what's your workout? What's your diet? You know, like, and no, no, <laughs> no chicks came up to him. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty true. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, you see, you see where it ties, ties together a lot. Yeah, and I, I think also people need to remember like these theories that we've talked about. They're not just by themselves. Like as yeah, you can kind of see that there's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of overlap, them. and so motivation. Yeah, there's lots of aspects that go into. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like motivation when we, when we tell people to eat better, right? Yeah. Eating better is not just um, eating apples and chicken. Yeah, there's breast. so many. You know, it's also like, well, what's your, you know, what's your shopping like? What's your preparation like? What's your um, what, why are you eating? How are you eating? Are you it, cooking? It's all those things, yeah. So would you say then a, a good takeaway for people, like actionable steps, what would you lean towards? I would say um, just remember that motivation is very complex. It's not just going to sh- pop up out of nowhere. Um, and I would start with, Putting yourself in the the right environment that is going to be supportive and give you some choice and make you feel like you know what you're doing, um, and then look for the small successes. Build that. Build your efficacy. Um, have that environment help you build that efficacy, mm-hmm. um, and also understand the why, the value. What is this, the value? Um, if you put yourself in a good environment, you're more likely to have more control over it, and you're probably more likely to ha- expect to succeed, succeed more. Nice. Um, so all those aspects, I think, are really important for people to consider. Yeah. 
Dang, he, he, he just great. summed up the entire podcast in 35 seconds. Like he's some kind that of was, doctor. I know. It's like he does this all the time. If these journals are listening, they don't know what to do. We got you, baby. We'll tag them. Because you know what I do when I read a study or go in a journal? I scroll to the sum- <laughs> summary. <laughs> hey, so do I. Like, I'm not reading all this. I mean, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me in the summary. I don't, I don't need to know the, the method, man. So we need people who can make good summaries. This is your guy. Like Professor Tim. You know, like they say when you know something Our like very well, Tim. that you can summarize it very simply. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's and like, I think Tim did a good job of that. We put him on the spot. Nah, he, dude, he was so calm and collected. Yeah. He had one eye closed. He was chill. Mm. Yep. No, unedited, straight through. No, you hear that, Joe Rogan? Unedited. Could you imagine? We, we should have done that. Set up video cameras. <sighs> get some cigars. And just be here for like four hours. Would would anyone listen? Do you think? Yes. You also, I think we could do four hours. <laughs> I think we would need to grab another drink. Uh, yeah. or well, two we would have to kind of get them to like bring and, a drink over. Yeah. I mean, you don't want when I was recording a couple of podcasts with John for like, you know, the Virginia mm-hmm. uh, Peninsula thing. And um, do he, you know, so we're, where we record is at a distillery. So there's like coastal fermentory right across the street, right across the parking lot. And then Ironclad Distillery, and hey, they were they were bringing us drinks, man. It was like an hour and a half podcast, and the the girl would come and yeah, take our orders, bring us a drink, and you know she was all cautious to be quiet. We need to step our game up, but then I, I feel know. weird, right? Like here we are, health and fitness podcast. Every time we're recording, we're like schlocking back <laughs> three, <laughs> three whiskeys. <laughs> so we'll do it for a special yeah. occasion. Where, yeah, when you there set up go. the videos, like. Joe Rogan. That's what mm-hmm. we need to do. We, we need to get something for this room, though. We okay. need to spruce it up. Yeah. Mm. Some some paintings on the wall. Yeah. Hey, we should get get like Tim to sign it to autograph it. <laughs> I mean, you do have a who post, does that? Someone does something like that in the gym. That's yeah, that's right. Now he's gonna start charging us. Yeah. For appearances. Yeah. And or for when royalties. Use this picture for like a Instagram post. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I know my charge has gone up because you haven't used it in a while. Yeah. I get scared when I see them. I'm like, let me get that bill in the mail. <laughs> so I make sure, I only use them for like, uh, you know, the big stuff. Yeah. High dollar. High stuff. Running, running like a New Year's challenge. That's and Tim. You know that, you know the picture of you and Leon? Oh, yeah. Pushing That's, the yeah. sled. Yeah, That's that, the best, man. Dude, that one, how old is that picture? It's like five years old or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, it's from the old, at the yeah. old gym. Yeah, but it's just like one. the perfect angle. Oh, it's perfect. It is. I think mm. I took that picture. Probably. That's yeah. When yeah. You used to yeah walk we had the camera. the camera. Yeah, we had the camera, man. <laughs> we didn't know anything. Remember, and we we would realize we got really good pictures when we took them facing the wall. But now I know it's because of the, like the light was the coming lighting, in behind yeah. it. So sometimes mm. you just don't know. All right. Well, that's that's that. Let's wrap it up. Tim already summarized it, so mm-hmm. we're good. That we hope you find uh, a lot of nuggets in there i think it'd be helpful for a lot of people because it's one of the you know most common things that people kind of just say without even knowing really what they're saying yeah what is yeah what it even is or needing so hopefully it helps something click dawn for you dawn on you dawn on you can you dawn for can dawn for you if you want (laughs) (laughs) If, if that's what you're into so yeah let us know maybe we'll have a english professor on next so do we know any of those i don't i don't know I'll hook you guys yeah. up. Well, we my, my wife, yeah. her mom's like a librarian. Librarian. Used to be a English teacher and stuff. So she'll always like message me. Tell you something's wrong. Let me know about typos. 
<laughs> your grammar. Yeah. yeah. But all right. 103, Tim, you got you good? Got anything to say? No, I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, dude, thanks for coming on. Cool. We'll talk to you guys later. Holler. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at coastalfitnessva.com or garydeagle.com. We'll see you next time.